When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rebus, joined this week by Harrison Fagan, because Jacob Rood is not working today. Had the nice little day off because I believe he's moving into a new apartment. Yeah, and I think, you know, in Indiana, they only have a certain amount of internet connections for the whole state. So he's Absolutely. trying to like get one that like, I, I know that not every single part of the state is like internet connected. So I don't mm-hmm. know if he moved to like a farm that doesn't have internet or if he's like hooking up the phone line. I, I don't, I don't know how that works out there. I think what they have is like, uh, they have like cows that power the city and he has to buy cows that move the power generator to get Wi-Fi to his house. That's just what I've read up and what he's told me personally. Yeah. He needs to get the 5g cows. Like, you know. <laughs> and those aren't easy to come by in Indiana. Yeah. As I've yeah been told. No, uh, I would love to talk about Indiana electricity for the duration of the show, but unfortunately people come to listen to it, talk to listen to us, talk about the Lakers, uh, who are not a very fun team right now, at least not in third quarters or, uh, really in, in crunch time and Sunday or night anytime was, really, yeah, you know, they, they kind of suck. Um, <laughs> Sunday afternoon was no different for the Lakers. Lost to the Pelicans 116 to 108 after a, a pretty impressive display in the first half that got our boy Raj, you know, excited again. I, I think he was like this close to tweeting that there's a good team in there again. I don't even think he was going to tweet there's a good team in there. I think he was going to say like the good team is here. It's not <laughs> even in there. Like it was it was there in the first half. Yeah. So, I, like all these Lakers have to do to be good is have Dwight look like he's not 49 years old and they need LeBron to hit like every single three that he takes from eight feet behind the arc. And then the team looks pretty good when that stuff happens. Yeah. And that's kind of like the problem with this team, right? Is they have everything needs to break their way in order for them to have a shot, even against, you know, the number 10 now number nine seed uh, Pelicans in the, in the Western conference. It's just, I mean, that was the case going into the season too. Like Anthony Davis needed to be healthy for their plan to uh, not have a backup power forward to work. Like you look at you look at the depth behind AD. It was Trevor Reza and Carmelo Anthony. Now it's like some combination of Carmelo Anthony, Stanley Johnson, and Wenyan Gabriel, who's on a two way contract. Like. It is just wild, this roster construction. But I I have talked about that at at great length throughout the season. Let's stick to this game. What went wrong for the Lakers? Why did the game fall apart in the second half? Everything. All right. Let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're absolutely right. No, I think the point that you hit on about, like, the everything needs to go right for this Lakers team to have – 
a chance is the exact kind of right thing. Like, I think that we can all criticize Frank's coaching in the second half for sticking with some lineups too long. Like, but you know, there is, and I saw you kind of arguing with people about this a little bit. There are limitations to this roster right now to where like you only have, and this is something that we've written about extensively at the site. We've podcasted about it, but like the team only has a few good lineups right now. And so it's like, I, you know, I don't want to say like I empathize with Vogel because I think he, you know, did, if not single-handedly lost them the game tonight with sticking with some of those small units, watching Dwight get roasted the same ways again, watching Melo get roasted the same ways again. Like there were things that I think he could have done differently, played Wenyan Gabriel more that would have given the team a better chance. But the reality is like the Lakers need reality to be different, to have a chance on every single night. Like we're talking about like, oh, they need LeBron to shoot like 45% from like downtown on like shots seven feet behind the arc. Like they need Dwight to be good, which he's not anymore. Like they need, you know, like Melo to have one of his, like not his less actively damaging defensive nights. They need Monk to hit everything. They need Russ to be efficient. Like they even got some of the things that are a recipe for them having a good night. They just didn't get all of the things. And that's kind of where this team is at. The only time they have a chance is when literally every single thing goes right for them. And even then they barely look like a functional team. And then when they don't have every single thing going right, they look like an absolute disaster, which is what they were for the entire second half. As you know, I I felt like, especially down the stretch, we saw one of, I think one of the more under discussed problems with this Lakers team this year is they are sort of lazy offensively because they're tired down the stretch and they just barf up a bunch of bad shots. And if they don't go in, they can't stay in games and the deficits get bigger because they also can't defend. And so, you know, when it all comes together at once, you have like, you know, just kind of a brutal, considering the circumstances, certainly their worst collapse of the year. Yeah. And I think what's puzzling about, you know, the effort situation with the Lakers is I think you watch some teams in the league, like how grap the how scrappy the Memphis Grizzlies are, and you're like, I totally get by five the fourth quarter they're gassed. Watching the Lakers at no point, I mean, maybe in the first half of this game, like they were playing good basketball. They, the they were tired high. from celebrating too much. Yeah, like <laughs> I know uh, Pelicans fans are going to be tired from celebrating too much after this win. Like yeah, I haven't probably. seen, I haven't seen anybody except. Again, Raj celebrate a nine seed uh, as much as Pelicans fans have for this team, and I don't know. It's a it's a weird one, but I get it. Like, hey, no, look, I'm 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 all for it. Let them go and get blasted by the Suns in the first <laughs> round. I don't I don't even care anymore. Yeah, it's uh, I I mean, if I was a Pelicans fan, I probably wouldn't like the Lakers either. I probably wouldn't have gone as hard at like clutch as as they did. I think. Um, or at like their own young players that they that it was like inevitable that they were going to end up with in an AD trade before they yeah. got them. But yeah, but uh, and there. that and one of those young players, Brandon Ingram. Good lord, um, he's so good now. It's embarrassing. His his face up game is so so fun. He's like one he's of the. Just- his arms are ridiculous and it's fun to watch. And like, I, I you know, I, I know Lakers fans don't want to hear us like sit here and praise the Pelicans or whatever, but I, I am happy for Brandon. He does seem to have carved out like a nice role for himself, developed into a nice player. And, you know, like most of us, I think thought he would. It's frustrating playing teams like the Pelicans that have size because the Lakers just don't like seeing Brandon Ingram post up on Malik Monk and Malik Monk stretches arms out and not, stand a chance granted there aren't many 
players in the NBA that can put a, a contest up to Brandon Ingram, one of Brandon Ingram shots. I forget what is the exact measurement of his release point is, but it is very, very high. Because uh, his arms are so it's damn higher long. than Malik Monk, even with his prodigious hops, <laughs> can get. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then you have Jonas Valanciunas. Like any team with size is just going to obliterate the Lakers. And the bad news for the Lakers is most teams are rolling out rosters that have size. And at one point, the Lakers were one of those teams. Like you can even argue that they you know, inspired the shift of, of, you know, playing big zigging while other teams were zagging, but they, I mean, it is, it is not there anymore. Uh, you mentioned no. one, one of the downfalls of that second half and really every second half of a Lakers game this season are those LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, or now when in Gabriel and Carmelo Anthony four or five lineups, like you're not winning games with Melo at the five. I think Melo's been a better defender at the four than he's been given credit for this season. Like, I think he's actively trying to help on defense, but yes, he when tries. You put him at no, the five, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to give him credit. Like, he tries. He's just not that anymore. He's not yeah. there physically to be able to do that. Yeah, and other don't... teams know it. They figured it out. Like the, you know, it's that that's what the film room does. You know, they have <laughs> tape on all of this stuff with Mello, and it's like, you know, he can try as hard as he wants, and it doesn't matter because there are certain physical limitations to what he can and can't do. And you know, honestly, he's lucky that he had like a really good start to the season offensively and became this like beloved role player and still has big scoring nights every so often. Or you know, fans would be going after him too because you know, like he has been. You know, one of, I think, the most actively harmful parts of this, like, second half of the season where, I mean, his legs just clearly aren't there like they were at the beginning of the year, and nor should they be. He's, like, 37, and he was, being like, kind of carrying the offense at points early on in the season. Like, that was never going to be sustainable. And, you know, again, like, I, I, I think as soon as LeBron was limited in the second half and, you know, Dwight just, you know, credit to him for giving it a go through like hip growing soreness, whatever. He just doesn't look like he can move at an NBA level anymore. The Lakers just don't have a functional defense when all of their big men are old and or physically limited at this point, And all of their guards are like exactly six foot four or under, like they just don't have any like mid-sized mid-tier players uh, other than Stanley, Stanley and Wenyon who now are being talked about like, Oh, should just play them more and I, I agree that he should but at the same time like the fact that we're clamoring for those guys to play as much as we are like that's how bad this roster is is that two guys that they signed off the street are like legitimately seen as like top five players on this team and they might and that might be right but that's like a that's an indication of how bad and flawed this team is yeah I Fully understand the fanfare around Wenyon, and it's the same fanfare we saw when Stanley was signed at first. But you are absolutely correct in like it's like you haven't pissed me off yet. I like you. Like you try. It is it is a sign of where the Lakers are at as a team. It's very reminiscent of you know the rebuilding Lakers, like Robert Upshaw. Somebody that like remember when we were excited about Ryan Kelly for a few games? Yeah, that's exactly what this is. It's just it's new toy syndrome, but in like a sad situation where there's like actually kind of no hope, and it's not like they were kind of supposed to lose and find try and find these diamonds in the rough. It's like we are trying to find these guys because all of our veterans minimum signings suck. Yeah, and it's it's 
I get wanting to like wave somebody towards the end of the roster to make a room to give Wenyan like a guaranteed spot on the roster. But at the end of the day, like the best case scenario for the Lakers in the off season is finding somebody that does what Wenyan Gabriel does, but better. And that, w- that should have been like priority number one for the Lakers in, in the last off season. And there are examples of those types of players playing for teams on veterans, minimum players. I just don't think for whatever reason, the Lakers emphasize signing those players and instead, you know, they signed... just wanted people, people that people forgot were a bucket. Like that's <laughs> it. They just wanted buckets and nothing else. That was the only player archetype was like small combo guard buckets. At various points of the season, the Lakers have rostered Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Avery DJ. Bradley, who like, remember, remember when it was like, just take Avery Bradley out of the rotation and they're good. And like, it turns out they're still not that great. Like they're probably better without him in the rotation, but they're yeah. still not, you know, like he was not keeping them from fulfilling juggernaut status single-handedly. We're close though. If, yeah. if the Lakers win this game, maybe this is a different podcast and no. we have Cooper on. To talk yeah, about. no, and like the the thing with Wenyon too is, you know, the reason the Lakers haven't signed him yet is like, let's be real, like it's because they aren't guaranteed to make the plan yet. Like, yeah. I, I still think they're probably going to, but if they fall out, why, like, why would they preemptively cut, like, let's let's just say Wayne Ellington hypothetically, you know, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, whatever, one of the minimum guys. Why would they do that and then pay the luxury taxes plus the dead money on that contract plus the new con- prorated contract for Wenyon if they don't even know that they're going to make the plan? game and need to use him like I also, you know among other reasons so yeah that, that's yeah. why that hasn't happened yet i was gonna say that there's probably like also a kind of a, a politics aspect too because you have these vets minimum guys like wayne ellington who you know after the trade deadline were like hey if you're gonna wave me do it now because i i do want to have a chance to play for a playoff team and they're like no 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 we're what are you talking about we're a playoff team Wayne <laughs> and you're gonna be a, a key part of of everything that we do and it's just not what, what's crazy to me for, you're gonna impersonate Devin Booker when we're prepping for the per- first round in practice you know we need you around <laughs> the crazy thing for me uh and this will just close our little conversation on the lack of size the Lakers have is uh, Trevor Reza going from a starter to a rotation player to just not a just GM. a starter season doesn't start until Trevor Reza comes back. Trevor Reza. And then it started and then it still wasn't good, which is yeah. uh, not ideal. But I mean, you are in on these press conferences and, and you certainly write about, the team more than I do these days is that something that has been talked about at all uh like just his complete abandonment from the team because I I don't think it's like it's not unwarranted I'm not clamoring for Trevor yeah. Reza to get minutes because I I tweeted you once, watch the games yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tweeted during a game earlier this season that Trevor Ariza just plays like somebody who skips the pregame stretches, like just jumps from his car it's real onto tight the court. out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, I, so I get it. I just don't know if it's been talked about because that was, that was from Frank Vogel's mouth and, and Rob Polinka's mouth, a point of the season where 
you know, Trevor was a big part of everything that this team can be playing him next to Ariza, how switchy that defense can be. And I bought into it because I'm, I mean, an on, idiot. on paper, you know, like Trevor Ariza wasn't terrible last year. Like he wasn't mm. great. And like, I, I do think that maybe again, speaking of alternate realities, like we're talking about may, we're maybe we're having a different conversation. If Ariza doesn't have to get foot surgery on like the second day of training camp or something yeah. or whatever foot or ankle surgery, it was, you know, some lower body extremity. And, you know, when you're 36, almost 37 years old, that kind of stuff, like, and then you don't get to play all season, you could try and stay in shape, whatever. But like Lakers fans have seen this over the years with guys like, like Steve Nash, whatever, like once you kind of lose that conditioning at that age and you're not playing in NBA games, like it really, uh, most of the time it does not come back, you know, other than sporadically. And that's just not how the human body works. And so when you have, unless you're LeBron James, apparently who like has missed like multiple long stretches the last couple of years and then just hits the ground running and comes back because he's the greatest player ever. But like most 36 year olds, that's not how it goes. And, you know, Frank earlier on in the year was like, we're going to give Trevor some runway, you know, we're going to keep getting him out there. Like he's only out of the rotation temporarily. And like, he would bring him back in and he would give him more chances. But I think at this point, people aren't asking because it's not like a question. Like everyone kind of knows what happened there. Like he got a lot of chances and he's not good anymore, which is sad because I really like Trevor both as a person and a player. And like, was one of my favorite uh, legendary member of that 09 Lakers team, like Lakers fan favorite. Everybody, everybody loved Trevor watching that team and it's just sad to see him like this right now it's like yeah it's like watching like you know like it's it's just like watching like a pet that you really loved like get older and like they can't it's like oh you can't quite jump as much as you used to be able to anymore like you it's can't jump up on the couch anymore you're not quite as excited when I get home like that's you know that that's a little bit what it was like watching Trevor Ariza this year and that was maybe the worst analogy I've ever yeah if you're I mean I came into this show down pretty bad uh and I didn't think I could get down worse but good lord comparing Trevor Ariza to your dying family dog uh is is rough but at to i mean in your defense it's not a it's not a bad analogy that's great you know <laughs> okay I said, I said it out loud and i'm like damn oh this is my simmons moment like this uh, this uh, this one got away from me like at mid-sentence but you know i, I mean but that it's not it's not just the case uh, it's not just trevor reese's case it is you know lots of role players like that in the league and it's just wild to me that a team clamoring for just some semblance like a of forward who can play. Yeah. <laughs> and Trevor Ariza cannot play. Yeah. Uh, and even like Kent Bazemore to a much lesser extent, just somebody who was supposed to be at the He's very not even least. old either. That's the crazy thing. He just like, I think forgot how to play basketball. I don't know. Like chop wood, carry water, baby. Yeah, he was too focused on lumberjacking in the offseason and not enough. Like he did Karate Kid style, like chopping wood and carrying water and not enough like reading double teams or like, you know, attacking out of off a closeout, whatever type stuff. Lakers have four games this week. Uh, The next time Jacob and I will talk will be after the Nuggets game. That is an early game. So we'll try to record early, um, but that is never a guarantee with the time zones Jacob and I are recording in. Uh, They have the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Pelicans again, this time at home, and then the Nuggets at home. Uh, How many games, if any, do they win during that stretch? And 
bonus question. Do we see AD during that stretch? So second bonus question, I think so. Like just base, they're really clearly trying to play this close to the vest, but you know, I, I think it was Woj or it was somebody at ESPN reported that it's going to be first week of April. Like I would not be surprised if we see AD back for that last uh, like Pelicans game, because you know, the Pelicans, like they're, they're making it pretty clear where they stand and who they would rather play in the first round of the play-in. Like right. they rest, they rest, like they rest Brandon Ingram. Don't bring him back last night, you know, against the Spurs, give him one more day of rest to bring him back and just absolutely light up the Lakers. Like there's no, no way that the one day of rest was the difference that he needed. They were hoping that the Spurs would beat them and get an extra win. And then that they could like come in and blow the doors off the Lakers today, which they did in the second half and knock them out of the plan. Because, you know, for as clearly as they don't like super fear this team, I mean, which team would they rather play in the first round of the play? And like if, in a winner go home situation, would you rather face DeJounte Murray or LeBron James? You know, like, I think the answer there is pretty clear despite all of the laws in this Lakers team but so that said like I think that they're going to be going all out in that game against the Lakers and trying to knock them out of the plan and I do think that the way that things are trending Frank Vogel said the AD was starting to ramp up today didn't give a lot of specifics but said he was doing more basketball stuff you know he wasn't able to practice with uh even doing the non-contact practice yesterday so uh, on Saturday so that's not like a great update but I still do think that he's probably going to end up being cleared by the end of this week would be my guess just based on you know like it's kind of now or never at this point and so I I think the Lakers go two and two I know no one is feeling good about this team after this like stretch or whatever, but the end of the season is just so weird. They're going to be motivated. Like, I don't think that they're just going to throw in the towel. And so I do think that they're going to go two and two. And, you know, we know LeBron always gets up to play the Jets. If you're somebody who's listening to this podcast and talking about the game and Harrison's a reason analogy, just put you in the dirt. Let me bring you out for a sec. Show you the sun. To Harrison's point about the Pelicans not wanting to play the Lakers, I think if you're an extreme optimist, and it's not hard to get there, if AD comes back, say, against the Pelicans. Wait, it's not Friday, hard to get there? You're saying that it's an If you're an extreme optimist, optimist if okay. you're an extremist optimist, okay. <laughs> AD comes back against the Pelicans on Friday, looks good, not great, and then at uh, the last day of the season, uh, April 10th, against that uh, against the Nuggets, he looks as good as he has at any point of this season. You're absolutely right. The Pelicans do not want to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I'm not sure any any team in the plan wants to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis for one of those playoff spots. Now, beyond that... Play in. Like, the Suns are absolutely yes. rooting for the <laughs> Lakers to make it out so that they can, like, blow them out by 40 in, like over the course of four games. Like, the Suns want the Lakers, I swear. That's why, like, beyond that, I think nobody cares who the seventh and eighth, like the one and two seeds in the Western conference right now have already, you know, pushed themselves into the next round. Like, yeah, they, they started should. booking their, they started researching hotel prices in possible <laughs> second round opponent cities. Yeah. Which they should. I, yeah. I don't think this, this team has it. Uh, no, this, this play in race is so unbelievably sad. None of these teams, like uh, probably every, any of these teams that make it out are going to get swept in the first round by, I, I think the, the Grizzlies moved into second, right? So it would be the Grizzlies and the, like if Jaws back, you know, or maybe without him, considering how good the Grizzlies have been without, like, you know, the Grizzlies and Suns are taking care of any of the, like all these teams are bad. The Lakers included. Yeah. Uh, I would, 
it's so hard. But the my general takeaway when it comes to the plan, I agree. It's very sad. Probably not what Adam Silver envisioned when he proposed it. And Are you kidding me? He's this is exactly what he envisioned. LeBron, Zion, play him. ESPN. Who's in the East? Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got Trey, Kyrie, Lamelo, and like Evan Mobley in the other. Yeah, which... I mean, we say all this about how sad and bad the plan is. We would all still be, even if this wasn't our jobs, you and I would still be watching. Like, there is something about, you know, winner go home basketball that is still inherently exciting. Good. And at least the Eastern Conference is somewhat expectable. Or it's like March Madness with good players, you know? Like, wow, how dare you? I was told that Duke would be able to beat the worst college team in the, or the worst team in the NBA. Are we. Yeah, I mean, are we sure that they couldn't beat the Lakers at this point? <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sure. LeBron James still exists. No, uh, I mean, Cal State Fullerton kept it within seven of Duke during, you know, their tournament game. I think the Lakers would still beat them probably. <laughs> but I'm uh, no longer as confident after tonight. Like, they might tire themselves out celebrating, and then Duke does, like, a backdoor cover that ends up resulting in, like, a win. You're a fan of pettiness. I am a fan of pettiness. Uh, if there's one thing... If there's one high the season can end on, it is the Lakers beating the Pelicans, knowing the disdain that Pelicans have for Lakers fans, and then beating one Would still of... be an amazing night on the internet, even as sad as it. We all deserve it, honestly. We deserve a Lakers <laughs> over Pelicans play and win just for having to de- deal with this. And then they can lose in, like, the next play game. I, no. I don't necessarily want to cover a first-round series, but, you know. that You're just... No, you you took a bite of the dessert. You're not going to finish. You're not going to get to the the creamy inside. <laughs> okay, all right. Because no, explain this scenario to me. The inside, you either get Patrick Beverly and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have stunted on you at every opportunity this season, or you play the Clippers, who have been the story of the season because Tyron Lue turned this band of he's misfits. the third star. Exactly, and either one is a win in my book. I honestly would be fine with the season ending there and the Lakers just saying, like, calling the Suns and saying, hey, we're not showing up. Oh, we're... like an official, like, losing an election? Like, they just call them yeah. to concede? Like, they're like... Yeah. Rob walks out for the concession conference. Yeah. And it's like, that... you know, we fought a good fight. They're like, Rob, we haven't played a game yet. He's like, anyway, good luck to uh, Monty Williams and James <laughs> Jones and Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the next round. Reporting live from Cancun. Yeah. Rafalinka giving his... Uh, concession speed the funniest thing was i saw i saw raj and other people tonight saying this team doesn't even deserve to go to cancun like they (laughs) they need to be sent to like a worse vacation destination i uh i think cooper suggested tampa palm springs is uh also another good one like especially during the the dead of the summer it it is miserable arizona i honestly (laughs) if you want if you want to yeah they deserve to have to go to arizona that's (laughs) Like, watch the first round. Uh, this is usually the part of the show Jacob and I would talk about winning time, but the game was so early uh, that I have not had a chance to watch it yet. So maybe yeah, you'll I get... know what happens in this episode because I have edited Jacob's winning time explainer for this week. But yeah, I don't have like a lot of thoughts on an episode I haven't watched yet. Who else is getting canceled, Harrison? Who do we got to worry about? You got to you got to wait and see. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> One of your, whoever your most beloved figure from that Showtime Lakers era is, it's them. Yeah. They're next. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Chikern again. Plot twist. <laughs> uh, 
that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm sorry the Lakers aren't uh, fun to talk about. But hopefully, uh, the conversations about them are at least somewhat entertaining. I'm Christian signing off for Harrison. We'll catch you next week.